You may be seated. Hallelujah. Before I preach, I want to introduce shortly to you some books I came along with. Reading is key for progress. Very important. Reading makes a man strong. That's why it's very important to read. Revelation chapter 5 verse 1, somebody saw God. He said, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book. God wasn't holding so below a meat pad. He was holding a book. So even in heaven, they are reading. Hallelujah. Today I just want to introduce this book. It's called Rules of Engagement. It talks about prayer. You know, in Africa we pray a lot. But I believe most of our prayers are not answered. If they were answered, the country would be different. The people would be different. I believe most prayers are not answered. The reason is that we have equated talking with answered prayer. But the fact that you are talking does not mean God is hearing. In Isaiah 1.15, God said, When you lift your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. When you make many prayers, I will not hear. In other words, many prayers does not necessarily equal to answered prayer. One of the things that helps you to have a powerful prayer life is your relationship with God. You know, in life, if you're going to get something from somebody, relationship is key. You can have first class in civil engineering and be unemployed. And you can be a tailor of a party with a party card and you'll be making a road. What is giving you the road is not your scale. It's relationship. So relationships are key. So with working with God. So the key to a successful prayer life is actually your relationship with God. You know, when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says, in Luke 3.21, it came to pass when all the people were baptized, Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heavens were opened. 22 says, and the Holy Ghost descended in the bodily shape like a dove upon him. There came a voice from heaven which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There were a lot of prayer warriors. They were praying, but nothing happened. So even in prayer, it's not the number of people. Plenty prayer warriors, but nothing happened. When Jesus came and he prayed, the heavens opened. Why did the heavens open? Do you know how God called the people who were praying? He called them people. And he called Jesus, my son. There's a difference between the son and the people. The people are just people. But sonship is sonship. So God said, my son, my relationship with my son is higher than my relationship with the people. So the heavens opened over the sun. That's why Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said, when you pray, say our father. Which means you are a son. God did not call Jesus and say, this is my beloved Asha. Or beloved prayer warrior. Or beloved pastor. He says, this is the beloved son. That's why when a man dies, he leaves his money to his children. Not his workers who are doing overtime. 
because relationship is key. But as I see it in Africa, a lot of people put more value on the act of praying than their relationship with God. That's why we have many unanswered prayers. Plenty. Because it's all about relationship. Hallelujah. God said that God, God said, Jesus said, the Lord will give the Holy Spirit to his children. Children. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts. So this book will change your life. It talks about working with God. These ones are short, short, short teachings. One page, one page. Very powerful. This book amongst white people, German. This is the book that white people buy the most. I don't know why. This book. This is the book that white people who buy my books. This is the book they buy the most. And I don't know why. But they like it. Energy drink is called. Short, 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 short teachings. Strength for today, solutions for tomorrow. You know, Chairman, you know, my books are sold in bookshops in America and in Europe. There was this white book agent who got this book and read it. And he called me and said, Pastor, I don't know you, but I read your book, Energy Drink. It's a marvelous book. And he said to me, I'm a book agent. I send books to bookshops. He said, I'm going to send this book to bookshops because I like it. Before I realized, the book was in bookshops through this agent. So maybe you want to buy one and see why the guys like it. But it's a powerful book. This one is titled Squatters. Maybe tomorrow I'll talk a little bit about it. But it's a very powerful book. It will change your life. But tonight, I want to preach a little bit about my new book, The Invitation. It's a book I just released this year, The Invitation. And so I'll be preaching around this theme, The Invitation. And I think our theme for, our theme for tonight is Purpose. Purpose. Very powerful theme, Chairman. And I think I like it. Romans 8.28 is a key scripture tonight. Let's read. It says, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. The Bible says that God has called us and everything will work as long as you follow the purpose or the plan of God. The word purpose means plan. So here we are told that God has a plan for every individual. What plan is this? 29. Whom he did foreknow. Foreknow means to know in advance. He also did predestinate. Predestinate means to arrange in advance so based on god's knowledge about you he arranges the path of your life he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son here the bible talks about the purpose of the call of god and it says that the purpose of the call of god is to look like Jesus, to be conformed to the image of his son. That is the ultimate 
purpose of the call of God. When we say the call of God, we mean God has invited you. And every invitation has a purpose. Today I've been invited. It is not for a wedding. It's to preach. The purpose of this invitation is to preach. The other day, somebody invited me yesterday, and the purpose of the invitation was to have a meeting. So yesterday, Bishop Dark called me. He said, come. And the purpose was a meeting. So for every invitation, there is always a purpose. Why are you calling me? When I was young, I remember one day I was working with some girl in our area. And there was this gentleman in the area who called a girl. He was called Joe. And he invited this girl to a party at Christmas. He didn't invite me. He just invited only the girl. And the girl said, Hey, Joe. In other words, the girl said, I am sure you have some wicked plans for me. That's why you are inviting me to this party. So the girl felt that the purpose of the party was from, for some diabolical reasons. Look at someone say, Hey, Joe, Jamie Pembane. Now, one day somebody invited me to a wedding. And in this wedding, I received about seven invitation cards for one wedding. The purpose was a wedding, but the invitations or the calls were seven. And I was wondering, why seven invitation cards? When I went through it, I thought one was for a dinner, one was for a cocktail, one was for other things. The one that I liked the most, that there was an invitation for a photo shoot. So in that wedding, you can't photobomb pictures. They are taking a picture. I said, wait for me, wait for me, come and join. No. By special invitation. May you have a wedding like that. So this wedding had seven invitation cards. All the invitation cards were part of the wedding. But it was not the main purpose of the invitation. The main purpose of the invitation was to have a wedding. Now, most Christians think, when we say purpose, here I talked about, it says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called. And the word call means to be invited. The ultimate purpose of the call of God is not to preach. Preaching is part of the call of God. But that is not the ultimate purpose of the call of God. The ultimate purpose of the call of God, why God is calling you, is to look like Jesus. To be conformed to the image of his son. That is why God is calling you. So like the wedding I attended, there were seven invitation cards or calls, all related to the wedding. But that was not the ultimate reason. The, the picture was part of the reasons. But it wasn't the main reason. The main reason was two people are getting married. That was the reason. In my experience, I have noticed that most people think that the ultimate purpose of the call of God is to preach. But it's not to preach. 
the ultimate purpose why God calls any of us, the Bible says, is to be conformed to the image of his son. Why is this so simple? When God created man, he had a clear agenda in his mind. In Genesis 1.26, the Bible talks about the purpose why he created man. He created man. He said, Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man in our image. God never said, let us make pastors. It was never his plan. He never said, let us make some anointed people. Or let's build a church. Or let's create evangelists. It was never his mind. It was never his intention. He said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. That was why God created man. To create somebody who looks like him. And for those of you who are looking for power or dominion. Let me tell you something about power. If you look like Jesus, you will have power. Man was a powerful being when he looked like Jesus. He lost the power when he stopped looking like Jesus. That's when he lost his dominion. So that was why God created man. Then the Bible says one day, the devil paid Adam's wife a visit. Genesis 3 1 says, The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat of the trees of the fruit of the trees of the garden. The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. You shall be as gods, knowing good. And evil. Verse 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat it, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat it. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. What happened? They lost the image of the glory. Of God, something disappeared. That was when Romans three twenty three came into being. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Their image changed. They changed into something else. That was when the problem started. When I read this scripture, I understand why women like window shopping. They inherited it from Eve. A fruit you cannot buy. Why are you examining it? A bag you don't intend to buy. Why are you holding it? 
If you are a woman, hit your full one and say, We inherited it from our mother. Put your hands together for Jesus. This is called window shopping. You can't afford it, but you are examining it. So the reason why God created man was lost. That is the reason why when we die and get to heaven, if God was looking for preachers, heaven will be full of preachers. If God was looking for evangelists, heaven will be full of evangelists. If God was looking for pastors, heaven will be full of pastors. But when we get to heaven, when we shall see him, we shall be like him. And every man that has this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That is why there are no churches in heaven. John went to heaven on Sunday. He went out. I want to go to Fountain Gate. He met an angel. He said, is there a fountain gate here? They said, no. Revelation 21 verse 22, John said, I saw no temple therein. Church is a temporary arrangement. It is never a permanent arrangement. The five ministry gifts is a temporary arrangement. It has never been a permanent arrangement. In any way, even it was Moses who brought church. After they had crossed the wilderness, after they had given the law, that's when Moses brought church. Later on, he brought the tabernacle after many years. So the aim of the call of God, the purpose why God calls people, ultimately, is to look like Jesus. Many people, as I know it, don't know it. You can sing and not look like Jesus. You can preach and not look like Jesus. You can witness and not be like Jesus. You can win souls and not be like Jesus. But you have forgotten that the purpose of the call of God is to be conformed to the image of his son. So when we are born into this world, like the seven invitation cards are received, the call of God is made out of about seven invitations. Sometimes people think that the call of God is just one, the call to ministry. It's not true. There are many of them. And as you respond to each call, gradually and incrementally, you are changed into the image of Christ for you to fulfill the ultimate purpose of God. Beyond your teaching, beyond baking bread, beyond business, beyond selling iron rods, the ultimate purpose is to look like Jesus. So whilst you are walking in this world, you don't know God. God sends you the first invitation card. Or the first call. It is called the call to salvation. 
In First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, the Bible says, He has called us unto his kingdom and glory. So for you to enter the kingdom of heaven is a call. Jesus said in John 6, 44, No man can come to the Father except the Father which has sent me draws him. God has to call you. Otherwise, you can't come. So whilst you are working in the world, working lotto, drinking apio, moving around, doing papa movements, connections, one day, God calls you through a preacher. There are times when people don't respond. Proverbs 124, God said, because I have called and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. You have set at not all my counsel and will have none of my roof reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. I remember once went to have a crusade at Bantama. Street crusade. And I preached. Whilst I was preaching, this man who was a drunkard was in his room. He heard all my preaching, but he didn't respond. He told me I was a drunkard. I used to beat my wife, but I didn't respond. He said, when you left, after about a month, I was drunk again. And I heard the same sermon again. And I heard your voice again in my room. And you preached the same sermon. said, this time we're not there physically. But the sermon played in my room. Then he said, I knelt down and I gave my life. To Jesus. God called him. The following Sunday, the man had his bath and walked into the church. And he told me, I have stopped the drinking. That man who used to drink, now he was drinking communion. He was changing. So the call to salvation is starts the process. So when some people become saved, sometimes you don't know whether they are in the world or they are in the church. Sometimes they are a little bit unbalanced, but they are changing. You used to fornicate five times a week. You are down to one. You are changing. You used to steal your grandmother's 50 Ghana CDs. Now you have stopped stealing. You used to move around with unbelievers. But now at least Sundays you come to church. Do you know what's happening? Gradually you are changing into the image of Christ. The call to salvation. Very important call. That's when you lift your hands and say, Lord, I want to give my life to you. It's amazing. When people become saved, there are some people that don't even bath, but after they are saved, they begin to bath. The madman of Gadara, before he became saved, even clothes, he didn't wear. He was naked. Naked. Mark chapter 5 verse 15 says, they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting, clothed, 
and in his right mind. He was changing. He used to be a quack man. He wakes up tomorrow, check something small. Charlie, had to check something for here. Had to see something, Charlie. Something they hear, had to come. He couldn't sit down. But when he was saved, suddenly he started to sit down. Sitting down. May you sit by your wife. May you sit in this chair. May you sit by only one man. No clothes. But now he was wearing clothes. Changing. That's why when some people even give their life to Christ, the kind of clothes that they wear, it begins to change. Then you receive the next call. Call number two is called the call to be a saint. Who's one say saint? How are you? You see, because of the Catholic Church, when you hear we were saint, you think about dead people in the cemetery. Saint Peter, Saint Andrew, Saint Michael. But in the Bible, saints are living people. And the word saint, it just means a holy one. That's what that means. A holy one. After you get saved, then God sends you the next invitation. First Peter 1.15, it says, As he who has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation or lifestyle. 16 says, For it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So when you give your life to Christ, there is a demand on you. Living with your boyfriend or Colombo, you are not married. Pack your bags and leave the room. Serving God calls for holiness. Instead of laying hands on women you are not married to, you must begin to lay hands on the sick. Serving God. It calls for holiness. Telling lies and rapping girls on the phone. Hello, girl. I've been dreaming about you the whole night. Every time I think about you, I have a headache. Now I'm having high blood pressure. Because of the pressure of the love in my heart. Oh baby. When I see you, I forget my own mother's name. Liar, you have two girls already. One in Asama, one in Dansoma. Be holy, for I am holy. Put your hands together for Jesus. That's the call. Be a saint. In First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Paul called to be an apostle of the lord jesus christ through the will of god and sustains our brother to the church of god which is as corinth verse 2 to them that are sanctified in christ jesus called 
to be saints. With all that in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. This was a letter to a whole church. And Paul said, I have an announcement for this church. Whether you are a keyboardist, an organist, a child, a new convert, a CEO, a top person, a short person, a pastor, an apostle, you have been called to be a saint. Many charismatics don't know that holiness is a calling. The only call some people know is praise and worship. One day some guy came to me and said, I said, really? God has called you to do what? I said, it's I see. Then I said, what kind of songs do you sing? Also, I said, I'm Then I said, sing a song, let me hear. Then he started singing through his nose. I said, you are a village singer. have been called to be a saint. He said, with all that in every place, whether you are in Uzbekistan, whether you are in Poland, whether you are in Rara, whether you are in Cape Coast, whether in Accra, once you say you are a Christian, he said, you have been called to be a saint, a holy person. Many charismatic Christians don't even know that there is a calling called called to be a saint. You ask somebody, what is your calling? He said, oh, I think I'm an evangelist. What is your calling? Oh, I think I'm a prophet. What is your calling? Oh, I think I'm a pastor. What is your calling? Oh, I think I move in the spirit. But I am here to meet somebody. I said, what is your calling? He said, I have been called to be a saint. With all that in every place. You see, a lack of understanding of this particular call has led to a mess in the charismatic church. That is why Christians look like unbelievers. You can't tell the difference. That is why people preach and they do all sorts of things. Because they don't know that this one is a call. But let me tell you something about the call of God. These two, the call to be saved and the call to be a saint, they are the two most important calls. The call to be a saint is higher than the call to be in the ministry. It's a higher call. Why? 
I give you the reasons. One reason is that it's a core subject. Ministry is an elective. Ephesians 4 11. He gave some. And you'll be a. And you by force. But these two, he said, this one is a core subject. It's like mass and English. You can have 100 in P, but if you fail mass, forget it. As I see it, we have magnified works above the score. But the call to the ministry is an elective. There is no scripture that says, if you don't preach, you won't see God. But it says, follow peace with all men and holiness with that which no man shall see the Lord. Hebrews 12, 14. What preaching did the thief on the cross preach? No preaching. A thief, he just gave his life to Christ. He became holy. He didn't have the opportunity to sin, so he just went to heaven. Straight. What preaching did Judas not preach? Judas preached, but he did not respond to the call to be a saint. So the thief beat him to heaven. In Matthew 7 21, let's read the scripture. The Bible says, This is Jesus talking. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that dwelleth the will of my Father which is in heaven. 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? These were prophets. Have we not cast our devils in your name? One was a specialist in deliverance. He said, Lord, I was the one who started deliverance within two minutes ministry. Then another one said, have we not done many wonderful works in your names? These were people who had big programs. 100,000 people in attendance. Big auditoriums. 250,000 seater auditorium big 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 wonderful works private jets everything these are wonderful works powerful ministries people who wrote books they sold one million copies people with churches mighty deeds but jesus said i never knew you depart from me you workers of iniquity why they elevated the call to the ministry above the call to be a saint that is where the danger lies that is where the danger lies for the charismatic church one day there was a certain church they had a program after the program powerful program they had the head usher carried one girl after the program took him to the pastor's office laid the girl on the pastor's table and did the girl show this was a prayer warrior and an usher 
will somebody work in the ministry and do something like this? Because he doesn't understand that the call to be a saint is higher than the call to the ministry. That's why we have gospel singers who lead any life. That's why we have preachers who can sleep with women and walk straight to the pulpit. That's why we can have preachers who tell lies. Once I was in the program, years ago, about 30 years ago, a preacher came to preach in London. He shared a testimony when he started. He was a Nigerian preacher. He said, in the night, I was driving. And I saw a lion in the middle of the road. And I said, today I don't kill lion like David. So he said he got down and the lion ran into the bush and he followed the lion. He said, I killed the lion with my bare hands. You come my church, the lion is skin. He be drawn for my church. The other white people were clapping. I was saying, liar. What lion is in Nigeria? There are no, there are no lions there. I was sitting there myself, not somebody told me. Complete lies. And the white people were cheering. Cheering. The call to be a saint. That is why in the charismatic church, we have made so much noise. But there is little fruit to show for the noise that we make. Because when there is a disease in the tree, the tree cannot fruit. Hallelujah. Amen. Then it takes us to the call number three. It's called the call to suffer. Tell somebody I have been called to suffer. That's the thing we don't want to hear. One day I went to preach at a program. I met this man. Professor Paul. I was sitting with him. We were chatting. He played this song. Miruso. Enyongyam. Miruso. Inkunimdie. Miruso. Nsanchene. If he diafi ye mafio. mafio. So I told him. Ah, now that we don't hear your releases. He said. Oh, the song got released. Christians don't like it. I said, what song is that? I said, what The song says that when judgment day comes, I will be happy. He said, when I played that song, nobody bought it. chapter 2 verse 21 let's read the scripture it says even hereunto were you also called it says in case you didn't know this one is also a calling christ suffered for us 
living as an example that we should follow his footsteps. 22 says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. Revile means to insult with a loud abusive language. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Here unto were you also called. When Christians suffer, we think it's the devil. Any form of suffering is the devil. The least discomfort is the devil. Even when we have to change our own bad character and we are suffering because of that, we say, oh, it's the devil. But Paul said, Peter said in 1 Peter 4 verse 15, let no man suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. If any man suffer as a Christian, let him glorify God on this behalf. The reason why marriages are breaking up nowadays is that people can't tolerate nonsense. The calling to suffer is not a calling. It's an irritation. So people cannot tolerate nonsense. The other day I was talking to a woman, beautiful woman. She's not married. She said to me, I have a very short temper because I can't tolerate nonsense. I said, really? He said, today, I have slapped four people. <laughs> hey! He said, I can't take nonsense. And the unfortunate thing was that she was standing here, I was standing here. Immediately, I went backwards. I said, I don't want to be number five. are not prepared to suffer. I always tell my children, sometimes they should go and learn, they don't want to learn. I tell them, as for suffering, you will suffer. All you get to choose is the type of suffering and the time of suffering. So either you learn and suffer or you carry cement at the harbor and suffer at the age of 40. All is suffering. To choose the type of suffering. That's all you get to do. But as for suffering, you will suffer. You cannot avoid it. If you are angry, you say you won't eat your, your wife's food. Fine. But you will suffer hunger. As for suffering, you will suffer. Nowadays, church members, even for them to come for choir rehearsal, they can't. The least suffering, they can't take it. You call for a meeting. People should just inconvenience themselves more in traffic. They won't come because of the traffic. Because they don't want to suffer. If they park their car far, they have to walk in their high heels, just a few meters. They'll say, no, I'm suffering.
somewhere. Asha says, please move the car. You didn't pack where? Small parking. You can take it. That's why even marriages are breaking down. Because people don't see even Christian suffering as a calling. They think that it's the devil that is moving. Comfort is the Holy Spirit. Suffering is the devil. There is a film, the film Jesus is a Chinese man. He was crucified on the cross. And as he was on the cross, people were laughing. And he said to them, if you don't stop laughing, I'll get out and beat all of you. But they kept on laughing like how you are laughing. Then Jesus said, this is the final warning. If you don't stop laughing, I will get down from the cross. I will beat everybody. And they were laughing the more. Then the Chinese Jesus jumped. Beat everybody. Now in the church, we have Chinese Jesuses. They jump from the cross. Ah, somebody, you a Chinese Jesus. Slap you right now. to say I am sorry to your husband say hey, yeah, well, yeah. one word you can't say it but when they say come and leave prayer meeting but they were sorry you can't say it to suffer to follow Jesus you have to carry your cross Luke 9 23 says if any man will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross you know what it means anytime you deny yourself the pain that you feel that's the cross forgive but god says i should forgive that pain you feel as you are forgiven that's the cross one day some guy borrowed my money went to hospital expensive hospital i paid all his bills he told me he would pay when he recovered i saw i said where is the money he said i saw him another time i said hey where is the money you borrowed i said is there have faith? God will do it. I wanted to slap him, but I'm a Christian. So I must take the suffering inside me. I must deny myself the slap. Then I saw him again. I said, where is the money? I said, so for. Nothing is too hard for God. God will do it. Then the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you know what? Just give him the money for free. Hey! The team paid me. Because the way the guy came to borrow the money, expensive hospital, for about one week, bills. He paid me. As I was denying myself that money, the pain I felt in my heart, that is the cross. So I saw him again and I said, 
you know what? That money, take it. Says of some catcher. Missing Namidia and Yanity. And then Namidia. Something said I should slap him. But you see, because of Christian suffering, I have to smile and say, Yes, I you train and I'm in it. Put the hands together for Jesus. Ask your neighbor, are you a Chinese Jesus? call number four is a call to be blessed this is what the christians like the call to be blessed wow this one we like we love this one and we like every song associated with this one the one we like but do you know what if you don't suffer you cannot be blessed if you don't want to go through marriage counseling deny yourself wait marry the right person suffer be taught you may not have a blessed marriage that God wanted to give to you. Suffering is the bridge to the call to be blessed. Isaiah 51 verse 2. Look to Abraham your father and Sarah that bore you. I called him alone and I blessed him and I increased him. When God called Abraham, it's in Genesis 12 1. Get thee out of your country and your kindred and your father's house unto a land that I'll show you, and I will bless you. God called us to bless us. May God bless you. May God bless your house. May God bless your pocket. May God bless your family. May God bless your house. May God bless your marriage. May God bless your prayer life. May God bless all your children. May you be blessed. Call to be blessed. Job was a man who was so blessed, even God himself commented it that this man is blessed. Job 1.8, God said to the devil, Has thou considered my servant, Job? Job 1-2, the Bible says, He has seven times
7,000 sheep. Three, sorry. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she asses, and a very great household. This man was the greatest of all the men of the East. May God bless you with plenty. If $100 gets missing, may you not notice it. Because so far, when five CD gets missing, there's trouble in the house. And there will be the woman body dear. May God bless you with everything that you need. My God shall supply all your needs. There is everything I need that there is nothing I need that I don't have. Everything I don't have, I don't need it. Everything I need, I have. I cannot think of anything I need that I don't have. May God bless you with everything you need. Call to be blessed. Call number five. Call to the ministry. Ephesians 4.11 He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Some. This is the elective course. Why did he give all these five ministry gifts? Verse 12. For the perfecting or maturing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. In other words, the five ministry gifts have been given to let the church members grow spiritually so that they can do the work of the ministry. What is this work? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Edifying means to build. So even in ministry, we are doing a particular work. We are building something. What are we building? We are building the image of Christ. So if even when we work in the ministry and the church members don't look like Jesus, we have missed the point. The purpose of the work of the ministry is that all of us will look like Jesus. Verse 13 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, everybody, unto a perfect man. What man is this? Is it Mr. Ababio? No. A particular man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, till everybody in the church, the singers, the pastors, the choristers, the Sunday school, everybody looks like Jesus. That is the purpose of the call of God. If you have a church and it's made of visa connection people who don't look like Jesus, you have missed the point. If you have a church and the people have money but they don't look like Jesus, it says you are building something. We are not building BMWs. We are building people, the body of Christ. That's what we are building. So if we have a church and the people look like people who just give magic lotto numbers, there is something wrong. 
of the ministry you say work okay what is the work it says the work is to produce people who look like jesus put your hands together for that's the work the ultimate end of the work is not pastors pastors is good but the pastors must look like jesus That's why God created man. But you can be in something and not know why you are even there. You can be in politics and not know that you are there to build a nation. Sometimes you think that you are built to, you're there to build your stomach. So your stomach is just getting bigger. But you have forgotten that it's to build a nation. So you can be in something, you don't even know why you are there. call to the ministry so as i see the charismatic church we have a very big problem huge problem because our emphasis has been on maybe gifts and crowd and money and whatever and we have missed the main There was a man. The wife gave birth. And he was from Konongo. The wife is from Bechem. Went to hospital. Go look at the baby. When he went, do you know who was lying in the court? A Chinese baby. He said, meow. Or drinking milk. A Chinese boy. from Bechem and a man from Kolongo produce a Chinese baby who is saying ni hao and drinking milk. Meow. When God is told that one of his children has arrived in heaven, he will go to the court and say, Angel Michael, let me see my child. And he looks down. Is this a baby? He doesn't look like him. Is this a Chinese baby? He said, Hey! He said, Whose baby is this? The Bible says, When he sees you, you must be like him. That's the proof that you are his baby. close to this one the call to glory first Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 says he has called us into his kingdom and to glory sometimes on funeral posters you see the call to glory it means that the man is dead and when we die this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. There shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. First Corinthians 15 verse 42, Paul said, 
It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. At the resurrection, then your body changes 100% into the image of Christ. Then God's original intention for creating man will then be restored. That is why he created man, somebody in his own image. Everything else, all the singing, the breakthroughs, the houses, our jobs, our children, our marriages, our ministry, our finances, what we do, what we don't do, our singing, our prayer, is all a temporary arrangement. At the end of the day, purpose. Why are you here? You are here to take your place like God created you. Man created man in his own image. So as I close, don't sing and look like your mother. They say, hey, nakuma. They say your temper is like your mother's temper. You're not supposed to look like your mother. You're supposed to look like Jesus. So as I close, when we look like Jesus, like Adam, even the material things you're looking for will come to you. Your clothes will be restored. Your garden will be restored. Your wife will be restored. Your peace will be restored. What took away the glory was sin. What will bring back the glory is the image of God. So I want to challenge you. Never forget your purpose. Your ultimate purpose. Why are you here? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. He arranged it. That's why he has all these calls to be conformed.